You're listening to Syntax, the podcast with the tastiest web development treats out there. Strap yourself in and get ready. Here is Scott Talensky and Wes Boss. Welcome to Syntax. This is the podcast with the tastiest web development treats. Today, we're going to be talking all about tips for a better work-life balance so you can get the most out of your workday and the most out of your the rest of your life. Um, pretty excited about this one. Got a whole bunch of tips from it. With me, as always, is Scott Talinsky. How are you doing today, Scott? Hey, I'm doing super good. I went on a little bit of a, uh, I was calling it a, an apology tour yesterday, uh, which is <laughs> making me, well, the apology tour was somewhat cut short, but then resumed in a much greater way later. So I got a couple stories. You got time for them? Yeah. Let me talk about our sponsors real quick and then we'll hear those stories. First one is Sanity.io. Uh, they are in the headless CMS space. And today we're going to talk to you about something called their new portable text, which is a new spec as well as a tool and FreshBooks, which is cloud accounting for small businesses, freelancers. So we'll talk about both those companies partway through the episode. So tell me about your apology <laughs> tour and all of your all of your woes. Yeah, I know. So, OK. I'll start with with the, the smaller one, which is the AirPods. So I, I had a, a, a small medical procedure in November and I was told that you might not be under like totally under. So I was thinking I'll bring my AirPods and listen to some music while I'm just chilling there. And uh, turns out, no, you're going to be full under. So I left them in my pocket in the little magnetic AirPods case. Anybody who has them knows that they're stuck in that little magnetic case, right? When you put them in there. So they're in my pocket in the case. You know, I had the hospital gown on. I put the, the pants underneath the gurney that I was in. Well, when I woke up and subsequently came to hours later, no more AirPods in my AirPod case. They were gone. Uh, so somebody at the, the facility stole them. Like literally one of the nurses must have stole them. First thing I did the next day was call and ask if they were in the lost and found. If anybody had found them, let me know. Here's my number. Nothing. Next thing I did was waited, and then I called them to tell them that someone on their staff had stolen my headphones, uh, to which they accused me of just losing them in the laundry or something stupid. I was just flat out accused several times. I'm like, listen, I was out cold. Somebody clearly stole my headphones. This is an extreme sort of violation, and uh, nobody gave me the time and day. And this was in November. So fast forward to now, they made me write like a handwritten letter to them and sign it and all this stuff so I could get reimbursed, and they fought it every step of the way. I, I talked to someone on the phone a couple days ago. They were super rude and basically blamed me for the whole thing. Then, maybe about five minutes later, she called me back, apologizing for being so rude and saying they're going to send out a check. And so, okay, this is okay, cool. I'll wait for the check. No big deal. Well, yesterday, I got a call, uh, and apparently she must have gone around snapping necks around the office because they magically turned up in the lost and found yesterday morning when she came into work. They were just there. So, she said she asked everybody, so I'm guessing... Somebody who took them decided that they did not want to get caught or get in trouble for this and dropped them off. So I got my AirPods back and I got a nice little personal apology for the whole situation. And I think she was very aware about how suspicious the whole thing was because she made it very clear that she was not happy about the situation. So uh, that, Holy. yeah, that was stop one on my apology tour. The Air, Air, AirPods are back in, in my <laughs> possession. That's great. The stop two is my Mac computer, which anybody who's been following me on Twitter knows that first the keyboard died 
And uh, it took two weeks, two and a half weeks to get the computer back because an Apple tech broke my screen while they were repairing it and then proceeded to not tell anyone. Uh, so then the computer was subsequently lost because it was like trying to get apart and they didn't want to list out that they had broken my screen. Uh, so I had to have some like some extreme. That's actually how I got the AirPods in the first place is because they gave them to me as a gift for their <laughs> extreme mess up. So that leads me to most recently where like everything on my computer died. The logic board, blah, blah, blah. Literally everything died. I took it in. They told me it was going to be another two weeks, which was very upsetting. And uh, they called me uh, yesterday to say my computer was done. I was like, oh, great. That's way earlier than expected. I go and I pick it up. Everything looks good. I come back home. I fire it up. I go to reinstall my time machine and it does not work. Upon closer inspection, Apple installed the flat out wrong logic board in my computer. And I almost couldn't believe it. I had to check the parts list. I was like, no, no, they didn't after all this. So I called them back and I think I could physically hear their jaw hit the floor over the phone because they were all very confused. She thought I was pranking her when I first told her that or that I was mistaken. I was not. (laughs) (laughs) And after literally, you know, eight hours of working with Apple, to their credit, I left with a new computer, which was very nice. I paid $300 to get a new computer, but this computer has 32 gigs of RAM instead of 16, a better processor, and it's a year and a half newer. So, that sort of seems like a win, and I, you know, after the end of it, I'm uh, I'm happy with what Apple did. So apology tour complete. Holy man, that is some bad luck you've been having. But I'm glad it all panned out. All of your Apple products are home safe. <laughs> <Jesus>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just it's, uh, like, why? I, I remember like at, at some point when I saw the logic board, I was just like, why? Why is this happening to me? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I hate when stuff happens like that, where it just keeps the ball keeps getting dropped. There's a uh, YouTuber I follow on on YouTube or watch on YouTube called Rich Rebuilds, and he's just been detailing his process, his like three month process to buy a used Tesla from Tesla. And they keep dropping the ball. They're like, it's ready for pickup. And then it's not. And then, oh, man, you just go and go Google Rich Rebuilds on YouTube. They just keep dropping the ball. And part of me feels sorry because there's so many moving parts in these companies and no one is like solely responsible. But part of me is just like, come on, get it together. Oh, I know. My first call to Apple was a nightmare, too. And I was like, well, the computer's showing this error message. I've tried doing this and this and this. I've tried booting it into safe mode and it works in safe mode. And then the tech will be like, "Okay, we want you to hold the shift key to boot into safe mode. I'm like, I just told you I did that. (laughs) Like, and I told you it worked. So I don't need to do that again. But yeah, no, I'm I'm just glad it's all over. So let's get into our episode uh, about (laughs) work life balance, because, you know, mine's been a little rocky lately and I'm happy to get a little bit more Zen. Yesterday was an excellent time to practice sort of being Zen like. So this is going to be one of those things I think that is uh, about how to get your work better and better. All right. So these are going to be a bunch of tips on how to get the most out of work and life, um, but they're not hard and fast tips because I think part of the beauty of being a web developer and and even more so part of the beauty of being a self-employed web developer, as I know a lot of you are, is that you do get to enjoy some flexibility. You do get a tick off and and go snowboarding in the middle of the day if you want. And you do get to do a little work at evenings if you like as well. But I think work is a big part of our lives. and, And these are tips that are going to hopefully allow you to get the most enjoyment out of both work and both life. This isn't going to be like a show where we say don't work so much or, mm-hmm. or don't do it. It's it's more about like, how do you slam dunk working 
And then how do you also get the most enjoyment out of your your life when you're outside of that? And not so much that they're both kind of mushy and you don't enjoy either of them. Yeah, you're going to be LeBron James at work and you're going to be Michael <laughs> Jordan in your Hitting personal some life. some slamming D's. <laughs> slamming. Cool. So, uh, yeah, I think this first one is really interesting. It's really to know when you're at your best. Like when when is the time of the day in the mindset of your day that you are working your very best? So whether or not that's the standard nine to five or that's, you know, seven to, to two and then three to six or whatever, what is that time where you really feel in the zone? And this is actually a tough one for me because I was definitely the night owl type. You know, I would work really super late and I could really zone it then. And then I found out that I'm also good at zoning it at like 7 a.m. And if I do the 7 a.m. thing, then I don't have to stay up till midnight and I don't have to feel like crap the next day. So experiment with this one. If you think that you're a night owl or you're a morning person or whatever, I would I, I would honestly, this is one that you want to actually try something else and see if maybe you are actually more productive at a different time. Yeah, I agree. I used to be a huge night owl as well. And uh, that started shifting when I got married and had kids. And uh, right now I work a pretty standard nine to five. But I'm really looking forward to next year when my daughter starts school to drop her off at school at like eight. You can be home by like 815. Ideally, I would start at like 6 a.m., 7 a.m. as early as I possibly could. I can't do that with kids right now, but I definitely work the best. Uh, in the morning. So when when it's time to get going, I just can't wait to run upstairs and, and start working. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big next one we have here. And this is really helpful when I first started working for myself, which is work when it's time to work and life when it's time to life. So if you work from home or even if you work at an office and you have access to your your daily things, it can be very tempting to tend to your, your life's things during the day. So whether that's doing laundry, whether that's making phone calls, whether that's just like, I don't know, just stuff that I get sucked into all the time is, is searching classifieds when I should be working, mm. is searching for bikes and, and whatever it is that that's online on there. So having that discipline to be able to say, like, now is the time to work and now is the time to do life and vice versa as well. We'll talk about this a little bit more as well, where when you're done work, you should be done work. And um, it's, it's OK to think about those things. But if you let that bleed into your lifetime and if you let life stuff bleed into your work, again, it can start to get kind of mushy and then it's not so great. Yeah. And I think even like one of the big things there were to be like online shopping, right? I know that's a big problem to hop onto Amazon when you should be working or something like that. That's a that's one that, you know, you, you want to save for your personal time. And again, it's probably worse for those of you who work at home. But again, in the office, it certainly definitely can be a problem as well. But it will separation. A lot of the uh, themes in this episode are going to be about separating your two situations because separating them is definitely one of the keys to being better at both of them. The next one is make it clear to family members when you are doing work. Now, this one is tough because, you know, Courtney works four days a week and then the fifth day she stays at home with Landon. And for a little while, it was really easy for her to just pop in and ask me a question, right? I'm like a one door over. And sometimes it would make me really frustrated and we would have sort of this, you know, not necessarily an argument, but it would be like, listen, I'm frustrated with this code right now. Now it's not a good time. And we needed to set those boundaries. So now when I'm at work, 
I close my office door. I separate myself entirely. It's like I'm not at the house. You know, I want everyone to know that this is my time to do work. And I don't want to mix those two because if you break out your concentration from what you're doing into some other problem where things just keep on getting introduced or maybe Landon wants to come say hi or something like that, it's just going to throw me off from my headspace. Totally. We have the same thing with my wife. I'm lucky enough to be an entire floor away from everyone. Our house is three floors. I work on the top floor. So there's almost no need ever to come to the third floor because it's, it's just my office mm-hmm. up here. So there's that that popping in is is done. But I think one thing that we do is that my wife will just text me if she needs me. And I like that because I can control what notifications come in to me. I can easily turn on do not disturb on my computer and on my phone. And I'm not going to see those notifications. And then when I find it's time to dip back in, I can. Obviously, it's an emergency or something like that. Someone can yell up or or come right up as well. Yeah. Emergencies are always an exception. Yeah. Same goes for vice versa. Working after hours. Sometimes you get a couple hours in the evening and my wife and I both like to pull out our laptops. It doesn't happen very often, but our, our kids are finally starting to sleep better. And now we actually do have a little bit of time sometimes in the evening. And uh, it's important just to tell someone like, look, I need 20 minutes just to focus on this right now, or I'm just dicking around on something. Feel free to talk back and forth with me, just making it clear. Otherwise, it's just like, am I allowed to talk to you? Are you frustrated with something or are you just playing around with some code and it's fine to talk to it? So making sure that that is nice and clear, I think, has been very important for us. Yeah, that's one that I need to get better at because I, too, can get like very into something and have my, you know, frustration be on my computer when it's a time when I probably shouldn't be frustrated in my computer. I should just be having fun or whatever and, and keep that time. Yeah. Where it's like serious coding time to in my office when I'm doing work. Yeah, I found that I, I just try not to bring my laptop down when the kids are awake because it inevitably leads to me just opening the laptop and then I see something and then I was like, oh, maybe I'll just just merge this issue real Mm -hmm. quick or maybe I'll just just do this really quickly. And then things can happen like your kids start standing on your computer and you're frustrated with them, but you should be hanging out (laughs) with your kids instead or something on Twitter makes you angry and then you're you're in a different headspace than the, the rest of the family is. So that's one thing I just like stop bringing my laptop down, at least when my kids are awake. So we don't have to, to deal with that. Yeah, I've been working on giving full attention to what I'm giving attention to rather than like half or partial attention to literally yeah. anything. If, if I'm spending time with Landon, I'm not spending time with Landon or looking at my phone or watching the TV or whatever. I'm spending time with him. You know, it's like dedicated. So I think that's a big one. And, and to go right along with that is to have a defined space for work, like we just mentioned, right? I mean, my office is my office. The only thing I use it for is working. I don't play video games in my office. I don't play my guitar in my office, I work. So when I'm in my office, the door shut, I'm working, this is my space. And one of the things that we will talk about in the next episode was tidying up your code. Tidying up your workspace is such like a big, big deal because when my desk is cluttered and my office has stuff all over the place and it feels like a child's bedroom or something like that, when my office isn't very good, I'm not very good. So having this defined space and having it be clean and and orderly and, you know, ready for you to work, I think is such a big, important factor. Yeah, I need to get way better at this. My my office is almost always a mess just because I don't know. I, I went on this brigade a couple like about a year ago to try to stop getting mail 
because I hate mail so much. We don't have these services that will scan it for you. And I still get so many important papers in the mail and I don't have like a good system for dealing with them. And a lot of them are important that I have to reply to. And I just have paper all over my desk and I hate it so much. And uh, it's one thing that is maybe it's my my 2019 resolution is to get it better. If you see me on webcam, it looks nice and clean. That's because I just push everything out of the frame of the webcam. And if I were to turn my webcam just a centimeter over, you would see a disaster of of mess in my office. Yeah, so, mine's not uh, great like, right now either, but that's just because I'm a uh, Marie Kondoing it right now. So I, I pulled everything <laughs> out. It's all all over the place. One other thing about having a defined space for work is that I think there's something mental about sitting down at your desk or standing at your desk where this is where I do work. And it's not the same as sitting on the couch or sitting at the dining room table because those are are mixed spaces. And, and both from, at least in Canada, from a, a tax write-off point of view, that's really important because you cannot use mixed space to write. You cannot write off uh, yeah. a mixed space. Like I sit at my dining room table eight hours a day. That's uh, a couple. That's maybe a third or or half of my day. I can write off, and uh, it doesn't work like that. But <laughs> having a defined room that is only for uh, doing work does let you you write part of that stuff off. And then there's also a, a mental shift where. You sit down and you're in work mode. And then as soon as I close the door to my office and leave, I'm out of work mode. Coming down from that is is a little trickier. We've talked about that in the past as well, though, where going from work mode to family mode or to life mode is hard because you don't have a commute. Mm-hmm. Just go down a set of stairs. Um, that's one thing that I've been trying to work on as well. Yeah, that one is, is tough because... You know, I mean, our problems are so logical and so non-emotional, right? And the the code problems where our brains get stuck in this logic mode where we're trying to solve problems and we're looking at things like this. And that isn't always the best state of mind to be in when interacting with your family. You want to be less logical, more more emotional, more connected, more there. And that transition is tough. I, I actually personally did have, you know, I love that aspect of having a commute. You could listen to music, you could listen to podcasts, you could take that time. If you, you sort of know the general time and then when you're home, you're home and that's like that bridge in the gap. And again, now I don't have that to the same extent and it is a little bit tough. But I mean, talking about defined spaces, one of our sponsors has one of the coolest defined spaces because their backend has some amazing tools to get it totally customized to be what you want. If you're looking for a headless CMS backend solution that really allows you to make it your own space, Sanity is really it. Yeah. So if you are going to be building a website and you need some sort of backend where you can consume the data via an API, you definitely want to check Sanity out, not just because it has an awesome backend, but you also are able to create your own React components for their UI, which is kind of like a, a nice mix between a hosted thing and, and doing it yourself. But today, what I, I want to spotlight is this idea behind portable text. I always love these companies that open source parts of their product, their entire product, or or just things that they are finding helpful. And one kind of thing that we've dealt with forever in like even in, in WordPress land and any CMS land is that if you have a WYSIWYG, if you have a place where people can input content, that content 
is generally either very specific where you just write text into a custom input box or it's something like a tiny MCE where you can you put your heading tags and you put your images and you put your links. And generally what happens with that that content editing system is that it just dumps the content of your your editor and then saves it in the database as HTML. And then if you want to set that HTML, if you want to display it on the page, you have to pull it out. You don't really have control over that. So there's this kind of like constant balance between giving the user like a flexible control, which is something like a like a WYSIWYG editor and making it very rigid, which is just custom fields. So Sanity has put out the specification called Portable Text, where it allows you to have an editor. They've also released an editor. It's called the Portable Text Editor. It's kind of like a WYSIWYG. But instead of just saving it as HTML, it saves it as this new JSON-based rich text specification, which is cool because then you can take this standard implementation. I love it when companies that build stuff, build their stuff on standard implementations and open source those implementations so that your your content's not going to be locked into something forever. And then you can take this JSON and then they have adapters for Vue and for React and HyperScript and all of these different things. So pretty nifty how they are. I think Sanity is a cool company because they're just like taking a look at this entire space that is like a, a CMS and uh, they're just rethinking it. So they've got a whole bunch of links here that they sent me. One called Forget About Gutenberg, No Seriously, where they uh, show an example of creating a slideshow with their new portable text blocks that they've made and they show how easy it is to get up and running with Sanity. So pretty cool. I was really excited to see this. They've, they are sponsoring a whole bunch of episodes this year. Um, we're just going to kind of highlight a few different parts of their business every single episode. So if you want to check it out, go to sanity.io forward slash syntax and uh, you're going to get the plan of tasty treats. Uh, so thanks so much to Sanity for sponsoring. Sick. Sick, 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 sick. Yeah. So uh, next one we have <laughs> is uh, know how to zone it. I always talk about zoning it. Uh, I think I, I made that up. Uh, but really zoning it <laughs> in my mind is they call it like a state of flow. But really when you're like locked in, you're typing really fast and you're not even thinking about anything else. And who knows how much time has gone by. And sometimes you really need to zone it. Now, for me, I like to know what gets me into the zone, whether it's setting myself up in a specific way or throwing on some headphones, putting on a specific type of music and then blocking all distractions, closing my email and then just going for it. You know, it's funny for a little while there was like the three, six mafia. If I put on my headphones and then the three, six mafia, I was in the zone and then I don't know why. I was never a fan before that, but I had put on one album. I was like, <laughs> I work really well with this, so I'm just going to keep it going. And then next thing, it was Zap and Roger, and I was listening to Zap and Roger, which is like, you know, funk music from the 70s and 80s. And, and then I was just like nearly dancing at my desk while I'm listening to Zap and Roger. And so it's like as as things change, there's different like maybe music styles or whatever you're listening to. Maybe it's something chill. Maybe it's something like lo-fi hip hop beats from YouTube or whatever. But finding that thing that makes you just really zone into it and, and block out the outside world is, I think, an extremely important skill to be able to decipher and figure out what makes good for you. Yeah, I do that as well. I have a playlist on my Spotify. If you want to find me on Spotify, I'm Wes.Boss. And uh, I have a playlist called Head Bob, which Ooh. is... Have you ever heard of this genre of music? I mean, no. Is it the ch chill beats to study to music? No, no. That's a little bit ravey for me. Those Every time I find these like deep concentration, they feel a little ravey for me. 
So the head bob is this, like this very interesting genre of music that is uh, I initially found it out from uh, Casey Neistat. His vlogs have a lot of this similar music to it. And I was like, what is it about his music? And I looked it up and it's a genre called head bob. And I've just been kind of curating a little playlist here and there. And when I need to zone in on something, I throw that on. Nice. So don't Urban Dictionary head bob, though, because I Googled it oh, and that's God. what came up. So <laughs> no. <laughs> What else do we have here? Blocking distractions is really important. I love, love, love the uh, do not disturb notifications on the Mac. That turns off all push notifications. In general, I am very aggressive against push notifications. So I don't have them turned on for Twitter. I don't have them turned on for Slack. I don't have them. I, have, I pretty much don't have them turned on for anything other than email on my phone as well as on my desktop. Actually, I don't even have them turned on for email on my desktop as well. Just aggressively turn off. And that allows me to not get pulled out of that zone, which is so easy to happen when you're you're finally in it and you, you see a notification. Maybe it's something that bothers you or maybe it's something that you feel like you could just get, get done really quickly. Then that, that pulls you out of it. Yeah. One of my big things is just simply even turning my phone upside down and not even like wanting to look at it because... Sometimes if it, your phone's sitting there, maybe you get that like the ambient notification or something like that it pops up and it just catches you out of your eye. And maybe you're thinking, ooh, what is that? And then I look over and the Detroit Lions did something that's not going to affect them in any sort of way because nothing affects them. They just lose. So it's just like <laughs> I did not need to read that notification, you know. The next one we have here is keeping hobbies. We talked about this a lot on the show is having hobbies, both code related, outside of code, away from screens, that sort of thing. I personally have a lot of hobbies. You know, I play several instruments. I've been breakdancing for 15, 16 years. I work out in the gym. I spend time with my family, if that's considered a hobby. But like <laughs> my, my recommendation is to have all sorts of hobbies, both physical and relaxing or both like something like yoga would be probably both where you're actually getting moving, but it's relaxing at the same time. You want to have stuff that's away from screens. And I'm really bad at this. I spend way too much time staring at screens. I, I work all day on my computer and I play my Nintendo Switch and I watch some TV like I need more time away from screens. And I think everybody does. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't have a whole lot of hobbies anymore just because like kids, I don't have a whole lot of time, but I definitely do keep a couple. I like to cook. I'm really into fermentation and uh, looking to get into curing as well. So those are, are kind of fun, fun ones to, to focus on as well as like barbecue and, and whatnot. It's funny that you, I've never heard somebody say that they're into fermentation. <laughs> like no. I'm, I'm really into fermentation. I am. I'm <laughs> super into fermentation. I think that it's, it's amazing. I have this, this is like a bit of an aside, but I have been fermenting garlic in honey Ooh. for like a year and a half and it's gotten to like a pretty gnarly state and I'm too scared to, uh, <laughs> to try it now because like the thing about honey is that it's not pasteurized. So mm -hmm. there's a potential for chance. botulism which will make you die so i had to buy like this like ph monitor to test if there's botulism in it but it's been so long now that I'd, i'm a bit afraid to even even test it out now yeah i don't blame <laughs> you that would that definitely sounds scary to me yeah i don't want to die that would that would suck <laughs> yes yes please refrain from dying that would be great <laughs> the other one we have here is uh keeping up with exercise as well we've said this many times on the show as well 
where it's just amazing how regular exercise a couple times a week will make you so much more focused when you're at work and so much more present when you're you're outside of work. Because there's at least for me, I develop a huge mind fog when I'm in either one, when I haven't been exercising for a while. And uh, it's easy to forget how good you feel and, and how focused, laser focused you feel when you do have that exercise. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really easy to forget it. And then you sort of go on with daily life and then you go to work out and then you're like, oh, wow, wow, I forgot about this. This is great. I mean, it gives you all sorts of uh, great, great feelings and mind clearing, all sorts of good stuff. Good for mind, body, uh, huge gains long term. If you keep it up, you'll always feel a little bit more of a push. Next one we have here is to prioritize your to-do list. Uh, this is a big one for me. I am not great about staying on task. So if I have a to-do list and I do the sort of eat that frog method and the priority method of that to-do list, everything gets a lot better. I'm so much more productive. So in my to-do list, I have priorities one through four. It automatically organizes them as the highest priority versus the lowest priority. And then you know what I do? I go ahead and do that highest priority and I do each one down the line until I get through with it. Because you're never in a situation where you're like, what do I do or what should I work on? Or is this more important or is this more? You have it sitting right there in front of you and it's staring at you in a way that's like, all right, this one's red, orange, yellow, whatever. And I can just attack these one by one. And I am way more productive every single day that I make a to-do list versus when I don't. Yeah, exactly the same way. Sometimes I will wake up in the morning and have nothing on my to-do list and I'm almost paralyzed by everything that it could possibly do. So what's really important to me is I use a to-do manager. I use things. There's lots of really good ones out there. And I pretty much just use the inbox in the today. And the inbox is where you just dump all of your thoughts and and I'll categorize them if it becomes a little bit too much. But there's things that I need to get done, both in personal life as well as in my work. And then I will drag them into today, the things that I think I can get done today. And then I'll, I'll sort of bubble them up and down until I get an order of operation. And then it's very easy for me to sit down and work on that thing because it's a clear defined goal that I need to finish. And if it's too broad, then I need to break it up into a couple more different to do's. And uh, I've been doing that for years now, and it's just so much better. Like I did three demos for an up upcoming course yesterday just because I went for a walk. I thought of these ideas when I was on a walk, put them in my to do list, moved them to the top when I started my day. And I just motored through them because I knew exactly what I needed to do. And I knew exactly when they were finished because they were done. <laughs> yeah, right. So I highly recommend going and back and listening to our productivity episode, as well as reading the book, Getting Things Done by David Allen. It seems a little so bit cheesy. Good. So good. But it's super good. And uh, you will enjoy it. You will enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those books that I come back to all the time, uh, just because of how many just important reiterations of that same idea you need. I mean, one of our, our sponsors here is going to really help you remove distractions from your life as well and, and prioritize things. And that sponsor is a longtime sponsor of ours, which is FreshBooks. Because with FreshBooks, you really, it gives you so many of these excellent features that you don't need to keep track of things. You don't need to have email so-and-so in your to-do list, or you don't need to have a reminder to resend out this invoice. FreshBooks keeps track of all that stuff for you. FreshBooks is my favorite. We all know that by now. If you are a small business, if you're just sending a couple invoices to, to people, sign up for FreshBooks because 
it's the best way to manage it. So I'm just going to I'm going to spotlight a couple of different features that I like about FreshBooks. First one is the branding. You can easily create custom invoices that have your logo and reflect your brand colors. So it doesn't look like a typical invoice that you get from every single thing. It looks like an invoice that is branded to your company. You can take invoice customization further by adding your own payment terms and personalization. Thank you. When someone pays it, you can send them a thank you email. Multi-currency, this is one that I use quite a bit because I've billed people in pounds and Canadian dollars in US dollars. And when it's in Canadian dollars, there's certain taxes that need to be applied. So it's really complicated to keep all of that up in the air. And FreshBooks just does a great job at it. So if you want to try FreshBooks, please go to freshbooks.com forward slash syntax and enter syntax in the how did you hear about a section. You're going to get a 30 day trial, no catch, no credit card required. Thanks so much to FreshBooks for sponsoring. Nice. Cool. So the next one here we have is to walk away from difficult problems. And this one is super duper duper tough to actually do because when you have a difficult problem, the number one thing you want to do is continue to bash your head against that wall until you solve that problem. <laughs> I'm very guilty of this and it is one that is important to understand that that is not always the right approach. Sometimes it's the right approach, right? Sometimes you've got the time, sometimes you're in the focus and you're in the zone and you wanna just keep hammering away at this thing. Other times, that's not going to do it. And you're going to get frustrated and it's going to take you twice as long or three times as long as four times as long to do something. My number one tip for this is to take a walk outside. My boss and I, we used to have this really, uh, it's not a great office. It's a big office. But because it was so big, if you did a lap around the office, that was a, a pretty decent walk. So if we did maybe like three laps around the office, by the time we did three laps or so, we would feel really good. We'd feel we talk about non-code stuff. We talk about whatever we were interested in. And while you're doing this, you're taking the walk, you're getting some fresh air. Your brain is actually working on these problems still, and you're not even thinking about it. And then coming back to your desk, it almost always feels like a whole new mind, a whole new game, ready to go, ready to get into something new. Yeah. At the same time, often what I'll do is I will have a problem and I know that I'm not going to finish it by the end of the day. And if, if I find myself pushing it, that problem right till five o'clock. I'm just grumpy at, at five o'clock. Totally. It takes a while to come down from it. So usually what I'll do is if I know that I'm not going to finish it around 430, I just drop it and walk away from it. And what will usually happen is while I'm doing the rest of my life, my brain will be chewing on it and I'll come up with possible options. And what I'll do with that is I'll take those things and put them in my my to do list application because I know, oh, that's how I could probably solve it. And there's this whole mantra of out of your head into your into your system. And that will allow you to say, oh, you don't have to go run and grab your computer. You don't have to go run and write it down. You can just pop it into this application. It's in your to do application. And, you know, oh, maybe I should try approaching it this specific way. And more often than not, walking away for a day or just walking away for a couple hours, going to grab a coffee, it's going to come to you and uh, you're going to be much more productive. You'll, you'll solve that problem quicker, <laughs> which is, is really good. And I think that it's not going to affect the, the rest of your work as well as uh, your, your home life as well. Yeah, I know it's too easy to to just want to push through and then end up being grumpy uh, when you leave because you didn't fix this thing or whatever. Next one is meetups, confs and tutorials. And that word was confs as in conferences, uh, in case you didn't catch that one. And this is sort of uh, <laughs> how you can invigorate 
or you have reinvigorate listed here. That's a good word. Your sort of hunger and your desire to learn new things by maybe heading to a code meetup every once in a while or heading to a conference and, and really feeling that that energy that you get from those things. I know I really like to attend uh, code meetups occasionally. I don't like to go to a ton of them because you can you could go to one every single night if you live in a major city. But it, it, I like to go to one a month or so and just feel that energy of the, the crowd and uh I love doing this sort of thing, especially like the sort of energy you get out of it is just second to none and how inspired you can be leaving some of these things. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy on one side to get burned out from working way too much. I know a lot of my friends who work corporate jobs, as soon as their kids go to bed, they jump on email and all of their employees are emailing around at like 10 o'clock at night. And that sounds awful. That sucks. Yeah. And that's just the highway to burnout. But I think on the flip side as well, when you don't necessarily care about what you're working on outside, because like your work is a big part of your life, not for everyone, but for me, it is like it defines who I am. Yeah, my it's my business, right? You can't shut it off. Exactly. This is my business. I'm very proud of it. And I absolutely love what I'm doing. So sometimes you can lose that and and then your your work life tends to suffer. So just as much as you should pay attention to your, your life life, it's important to pay attention to your work life. And I think that by, or at least for me, going to meetups every now and then, going to conferences, doing a tutorial, doing a fun project. So something that is low stakes, something that is not necessarily something you'd always be doing is really fun. And, and more often than not, I've gotten people emails from people being like, you've totally reinvigorated my hunger for learning. And I think that's really important because if you leave it too much, these things move fast. You might not necessarily have time to keep up with what's going on or to learn anything at your work. Ideally, you would, but not everyone does. And it's easy just to start to hate it. Life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and slow down for a minute or whatever that quote is. I'm gonna, I don't know the rest of the quote or even from what it's from. <laughs> <laughs> from Ferris Bueller or something. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah. totally, 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 totally. You need you need that passion. You need that energy. You need those, you know, that drive to want to want to go on. Yeah, I think uh, the one sort of thing after looking at all of these tips is it's not hard and set rules that you need to follow in order to have good work life balance because everybody's life looks a little bit different. Everybody is able to handle stress a little bit differently. But I think it's really just important to to pay attention to how you're feeling both at work and in your life and and just tweak stuff. And when something works, make a mental note of that or, or actually write it down saying this is working well for me, because just as much as being a sick ass coder is is important. I think being able to have a nice balanced life where you enjoy what you do as well as enjoy your time away from work is just as important. Yeah, it's, a, it's funny. You mentioned something there uh, that got me really thinking just now was really that like, you know, we as developers, we spend so much time evaluating and reevaluating our code, right? We look at this mm -hmm. code, we think about it, we think about how it could be better, we refine systems, we build systems and we refine them. But how many times do you build systems and refine them in your work life and your personal life outside of the computer screen, right? And I think having the time to look at some of these tasks that we do every day and maybe optimize them or the things that we just do and the patterns we just fall into, taking that time to reevaluate and look at those from a different perspective, it can really totally shift your work-life balance in a way that's going to make both things better. And I just think that's so important to take the time. It's important to take the time to find those patterns, optimize them, and work on making your life better. 
Well said. I really like that. If you have any tips yourself, obviously these are just tips from Scott and I, but I'm sure other people have lots of different situations of their own that they've they've really done some soul searching and figured out how they can do their best work-life balance. Um, make sure you tweet us at SyntaxFM or at WestBoss and at Estelinski, um, because I'm always curious to hear from other people how they how they manage that. And it's also just like different times in life. This These things change for me as my kids get older. When I don't have kids, I'm sure as my kids go to school, that will change as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What about sick picks today? If you don't know, sick picks are our picks that are sick. <laughs> <laughs> Every week we recommend a product or a service, just anything really that is in our life that we find to be sick. Yeah, I do. I have a good sick pick and it fits so well within this episode, especially the part we were talking about to-do lists. I posted a, an Instagram story yesterday of my to-do list and is all nicely colored and organized and stuff like that. And I maybe got like 50 messages. What app is really? that? What app is that? I've never had so many messages from an Instagram story. I could not oh, believe the Instagrammers that, always want to know what app that what is. What app is that? And I, I just, <laughs> it, it blows my mind because I thought this app was very popular and very well known. You use things. I use an app called Todoist. So if you saw that story or, or you want to check out an excellent to-do list application, I use two apps essentially in my life to keep myself on track, which is Notion for basically all of my docs. You've heard me talk about it before. And then Todoist for my to-do list because Notion has to do stuff, but it's not nearly as good. Todoist has reminders. It has calendars. It has priority setting. It has uh, daily sort of stuff. It has folders. It has tagging and all that good stuff. So I use Todoist every single day to keep me on track. It's one of my favorite, favorite apps. And I was just blown away by how many people who, who saw that did not know what it was. And, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan. All right. So my sick pick today is called pass source P A S S S O U R C E. I've been on this like ever. I've talked about this before, but I've, I'm trying to get rid of all of my keys and all of my cards and just have a phone, which is probably will not happen for I don't know, probably for a couple more years, but I've really thinned out my keys and I used to have a couple of those like annoying like fobs. Oh, yeah. And the thing about fobs and the thing about like loyalty cards and store cards and, and things like that is that they're just a barcode at the end of the day or they're just a number that needs to be read by the thing. So uh, a lot of companies will have Apple will have uh, like an Apple watch or sorry, an Apple wallet app where you can install it and put it on your thing. But a lot of people don't like Costco doesn't have it. Um, my gym didn't have it for the longest time. A couple other ones didn't have it. And uh, if you what you can do is you can just create your own pass on this pass source website and then download it. And mm. it's, it's not the best, but you can like pay for like a more complex version. But the free version allows you to just basically take the number that was on your fob for the gym and then put it on this thing and then you can scan it on the thing. The employees sometimes look at you a little funnily, but uh, it's well worth not having to carry around your stupid uh, thing all day long. You want me to scan this on your phone? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, that's fun. But it's working well. I've gotten rid of so many cards that I was carrying around, maybe using it like once or twice a year just because you have it. And uh, I'm just looking forward to that day where I have no keys and no wallet to carry around. Nice. Cool. I love yeah. it. Do you have any shameless plugs? Shameless plug is all of my courses at westboss.com forward slash courses. If you want to learn anything about React, Advanced React, GraphQL, ES6, Node, Backend, Heavy Lifting, Vanilla JavaScript, Sublime Text, uh, Flexbox, Command Line Power, I got billions of, not billions, 
billions. Literally several courses <laughs> on there. And you can <laughs> you can check them out. Uh, some of them are paid. Some of them are free. Uh, if you've never taken a course by me, you can just take a maybe I would recommend taking the CSS grid or the JavaScript 30 course just to get a feel for how I teach. See if the way that I teach really connects with you. So that's that's uh, that's my business. Cool. And you can also head on over to leveluptutorials.com forward slash pro to become a subscriber where you get access to all of my content. For those of you who don't know, I put out a new tutorial series every single month on Level Up Tutorials on topics from React to CSS to all sorts of stuff. So check it out, leveluptutorials.com forward slash pro. Sign up for a year and save 25%. Can, can we just clarify that it's leveluptutorials.com? Did you see that tweet about your how you pronounce it? Leveluptutorials. <laughs> yeah, I just... Someone I just, said, I just I've been it. listening to the podcast for a year, and I thought he was always saying love, love tutorials. Oh, yes. No, I... I it's, it's one of those things that I, I've been saying, you know, like in my YouTube videos. Hey, what's up? This is Scott with a little tutorials. Thank you so much. Yeah. Like, I, I just I just do it. And I can't I can't do I can't turn it off. I can't slow it down. I have the same problem with boss. I always forget to clarify that boss has one S in it mm. because everywhere else yes. it has two S's. So I always forget that. And people are like, what's going on with it? I'm sure people can figure it out eventually. But it's just one of those little hindrances, right? Yes. That, that affects a small proportion of people. Level up tutorials dot com level up <laughs> com is spelled c-o-m you got it you forward that, slash yes that's the tilty forward one www and, though too w oh, www yep. yeah okay good all right that's it for today thanks for tuning in and supporting scott and i in our businesses if you've got any tips make sure you tweet them at syntax fm and uh that's it for today anything else to add uh no i don't i think this is it's a little late to add this but it's important. <laughs> this, stuff, it. this stuff is important. That's it. That's all I want to say. <laughs> awesome. I like it. Let's right. catch you next week. Peace. Peace. Head on over to syntax.fm for a full archive of all of our shows. And don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player or drop a review if you like this show.